You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Civil Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Klein Appraisal, and your host for this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. We are officially in a recession. Now what? That's kind of what everybody's asking. It's like, hey, the stock market is going crazy. Jobs are being out of the economy. Crazy number. What's going on? How, how can we be in a how can we be in a recession? This doesn't really feel like a recession, or is it? That's what we're going to cover in today's Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So let's jump on into it. And I found a single article in CNN, uh, CNN Business. I tend to not follow um, a lot of this stuff unless it's business, which, give, which gives a little bit more of a, I don't know, an unbiased, um, I just like business reporting because it's about making money. And that a lot of times doesn't really have a, you know, bias as much as some of the other stuff does. So the headline in this article is CNN Business, and it's official. The recession began in February. All right. So what we've got is the the longest economic expansion in American history is officially over. The National Bureau of Economic Research, NBER, what they go by declared Monday that was yesterday today is June the 9th yesterday was June the 8th Uh, they declared Monday that the recession began in February the economy collapsed so rapidly the MBER wasted no time in announcing a recession a stark contrast to previous downturns when the body took upwards of a year to declare what most people already knew do you remember that back in 2008 Like, are we in a recession? It sure feels like a recession. People are losing their houses left and right. They're losing their jobs left and right. And yet we weren't really, we didn't, we didn't really declare we're in a recession. This time it took about a couple of months. All right. This was the fastest that MBR has declared any recession since the group began formal announcements in 1979. Social distancing requirements imposed to fight the pandemic have crushed broad swaths of the U.S. economy from airlines and cruise ships to restaurants and Broadway stores, but not the stock market. Nope, I haven't crushed that. That that has come back like there is no tomorrow. And that's one of those things where I'm kind of like, all right, did big business, did they get like a memo that the rest of us didn't get that the coronavirus, even though we're shutting down the economy, it's really not going to do the impact that people are saying it is? Because the stock market really reacted on the front end. It, it reacted way faster than everybody else. I remember seeing gyrations in the stock market back in, I think it was February, going, what is going on? And the stock market was basically reacting to what was happening in China. They were going in through all their lockdowns and the stock market knew, all right, this is coming. We're going to react now. And they just a massive sell-offs, huge sell-offs. And we didn't think we we're going to recover from that for a while. But then big business somehow got the memo that the coronavirus eh, just it's not going to really have that much of an impact on things overall. And that has been proven over the last month with how much of a recovery the stock market has made. We didn't have the number of deaths that we thought we'd have. We didn't have the number of cases we thought we'd have. We didn't have all this devastation to big business that we thought we did. Small business, yeah, small business has been crushed. But small business got the PPP loans. Big business has access to the Main Street uh, lending program, but they're not really taking it because 
guess what? They don't really need it. Big business, as you can see by what's happening in the stock market, they are absolutely rolling. You, know, you got a few exceptions there. You've got like Hertz and JCPenney, big companies like that. But those companies were already in trouble beforehand. Those are those, those are outside of what we're kind of talking about here. A lot of people would say, yeah, but they went down or they're going down. Yeah, but they were kind of on that path already. All right. So social distancing requirements imposed to fight the pandemic have crushed broad swaths of the U.S. economy. The unprecedented magnitude of the decline in, um, in employment and production and its broad reach across the entire economy warrants the designation of this episode as a recession. Now, a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative gross domestic product or GDP. Um, Warrants the designation of this episode of the recession, even if it turns out to be briefer than earlier contractions, NBER wrote. So what they're saying is that, yeah, we think this isn't going to be a long recession because we kind of artificially shut down. We'll open back up and we talk about a V recovery or President Trump, I think, referred to it as a rocket ship going straight up. Um, I don't I think for certain segments of the economy, you're going to see a rocket ship. But for certain segments of the economy, it's going to be a long U-shaped recovery, especially for a lot of small business. Small business has been just hammered by multiple different things. More than 42 million Americans have filed for unemployment benefits. That's for first time unemployment benefits. We're up at 42 million. Major companies, including here we go, JCPenney, J.Crew and Hertz have filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, but they probably would have already. Um, and economists are predicting GDP imploded at an annualized rate of 40% during the second quarter. 40%. That's an enormous number. We've never seen anything like that. But we've never also shut down the economy, particularly over a pandemic that hasn't really panned out to be what we thought it was, right? Just it, it hasn't been the major impact that we thought it was. We, we got it wrong. All the stats, we, people want to say, oh, this is, this is awful and horrible. It is, especially for the, for the people who died. But to shut down an economy over this, no, that's a no-go. The pandemic marked an end to the mediocre but long recover from the Great Recession. In July 2019, that expansion officially became the longest period of uninterrupted growth in U.S. history, dating back to 1854. It's a long time. It spanned 128 months. We're talking about this big, long run. Um, it spanned 128 months, easily breaking the prior record of 120 months set between March 1991 and March 2001 during the dot-com boom. Man, when that dot-com boom hit in, uh, yeah, it was early 2001, that was <laughs> the stock market just took a tank. A lot of people lost their their retirement portfolio in that they've never recovered. That's one of those ones where people talk about, oh, yeah, I remember the dot com bust in 01. Yeah, it was horrible. Things just kind of shut down. And that's a lot of what I think people expect this recession to be. And it's just not going to be that way. Because we shut down the economy, and we've reopened it. Do we have a lot of fallout? Do we have a lot of jobs lost? Yeah, absolutely. Are a lot of small businesses out of business? Yeah, they're crushed. But it's also kind of to be seen how this all plays out. And that's why I'm doing this podcast on, on the recession, because I think you're going to see a lot of headlines with recession. But this is a different recession than we've ever seen before. 
Normally, economists define a recession as a consecutive as consecutive quarters of negative growth. All you got to have is two. Two makes consecutive. The United States already endured one quarter of a shrinking economy with GDP dropping by 5% during the first quarter. So January, February, March, GDP dropped by 5%. That was basically uh, starting in late February and uh, really kind of hit home in March. That's when you saw a massive drop, but it averaged out to only be 5%. So that's why that number is as small as it is. Um, big picture, the economy dropped a ton more than that. We just it didn't catch up during that time period. NBER decided to not to wait for a second quarter of a contracting economy, although it was widely expected to happen during the second quarter. That's what's going on right now. It's happening. The body also declared that while the economy peaked in a, on a monthly basis in February, the quarterly peak happened in the fourth quarter. So they're saying that back in uh, October, November, December, we basically peaked. The quarterly peak happened back then. That disparity reflects the unusual nature of this recession. And they're talking about, hey, yeah, you shut down the economy. And that's unusual because we've never done that before. And that's why we've got all these crazy economic numbers coming out. The economy contracted so sharply in March, NBER said, that by the first quarter, GDP and unemployment was significantly below the levels of the fourth quarter of 2019. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that when you shut down the economy, things just droop straight down. And that's, that's where we're at right now. And so I think it's so apparent to everybody. It's like, yep, we're in a, we're in a recession. We're just going to call it right now. We're in a recession. It's happening. But how, how long will this recession go? I feel like things are already pulling out. Crazy times. Hopes for a speedy return to growth. That's the next headline in this article. Previous recessions began more subtly, causing a significant lag before NBER declared them. For example, NBER didn't announce until December 1, 2008, that the United States had tumbled into recession the prior, uh, the prior December. So basically a year later, they, just, they said, yeah, we kind of think we're in a recession. Took a year. And this one, they don't even wait for the second quarter. They're like, yep, let's call it. And by, the, by December of 2008, Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers had already collapsed. The stock market had imploded. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were taken over by the government. And they still are. And we're still, still now talking about letting Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, get out of their government receivership. Trying to work through that. What a mess. Although this recession began suddenly, there is hope that it could be relatively brief. Talking about the recession we're in, we're in now. Economists are predicting GDP will turn sharply positive in the third quarter as businesses continue to reopen and Americans begin to travel again. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Here in Washington, we've uh, restaurants. You can go into a restaurant. But it wasn't the big, I don't think it's the big reopening everybody was thinking it would be. Still got a lot of people that are really concerned about the coronavirus. They're still staying home, even though the World Health Organization has said, you know what, it is really rare for the coronavirus to transmit in an asymptomatic person, meaning if you're not sick, if you're not hacking, if you're not coughing, if you don't have muscle aches, if you don't have shortness of breath, if you don't have fatigue, all those symptoms that we here at Reynolds and Klein Appraisal and Summer Properties Northwest, we go through our employees every morning that are here in the office and we do that check just to make sure because you can't be too safe. If you don't have any of those symptoms, 
the odds of you transmitting this pandemic disease are super low. And that is per the World Health Organization. And I believe that came out yesterday. All right. The economy is benefiting from unprecedented help from the federal government. Federal government right off the bat on this one just rolled out program after program after program to kind of prop things up. And that's a lot of I think what you're seeing. Congress and White House passed a record breaking stimulus package that provided direct aid to households for forgivable loans to small businesses and bailouts to some large companies. The Federal Reserve is taking steps that make this response to the 2008 financial crisis look tame. Yeah, I, I don't remember seeing much in the way of aid in 08. You know, we, we certainly didn't have much for small business. The SBA wasn't really involved. But then again, our businesses weren't shut down. They were just kind of, uh, they were really constricted. There wasn't a lot of business going on, especially in real estate, where, you know, that's basically what caused that last recession is all the integral factors in housing just falling off a cliff because a lot of things were mismanaged in the housing market. So um, the Federal Reserve is taking steps that make its response to the 2008 financial crisis look tame. The Fed has slashed interest rates to zero, promised to buy an unlimited amount of bonds and rolled out a series of emergency lending programs. The US central bank is even for the first time directing the purchase of corporate bonds, including junk bonds. That's a lot of the stuff that I think people don't talk about mainly because they don't understand it. You look at what the federal government is doing. They are they're propping up our economy on so many different levels. These steps have unlocked financial markets that froze in March, freeing even higher leverage companies to borrow. Should these companies be borrowing? They're borrowing junk bonds. <laughs> they're selling junk bonds. The United States government, you and I as taxpayers, are buying them to keep them afloat. So yeah, interesting approach. Um, does it work? That is to be seen. But a lot of this, and I think the reason you won't see a second stimulus package for a while, if you do see one, and I've been talking about this, is because we've already spent like $3 trillion. And we need to see how that works going, you know, you put the stimulus money into the economy. There's a lot of economists that say, hey, you try and pump money into the economy, that doesn't really work. It doesn't really happen. That's not how business goes. And I think there's a certain level of that. You give people $1,200 checks, are they really using that to stimulate the economy? Is it, is it actually going to work? We don't really know. And that's what we need to see kind of some of the numbers coming out. And I think you're going to see a lot of people in government go, hey, wait a minute, we just added however many millions of jobs to the payroll. Um, I don't know, we don't really need a second stimulus package. Let's just wait to see how this goes. And I think ultimately, we do need to kind of see wait to see how this goes, see which direction things go in. But there's still a lot of people out there hurting. And so for those people, they're like, Oh, yeah, we need a stimulus. We need another stimulus package. But we're taking on so much debt for our future generations right now, that that it's something that I think we got to look at carefully and just see where do we sit? Because a lot of this stuff isn't making sense. The stock market isn't making sense. The unemployment numbers aren't really making the, the number of jobs added aren't really making sense. Is the number of jobs being added to the, to the economy? Is that a statistical aberration? I don't know, we need some more data before we kind of figure this out. All right, the third kind of highlight in this article is Wall Street is booming. And if you don't see that, if you don't follow the stock market, 
We have never had a recovery like this in the stock market. You look at the stock market indexes and you go, what? We're in a pandemic still? Here in Washington, we're not even phase two yet. We're still in phase one. And the stock market is about ready to go crazy, setting you know more record highs. We're not that far off of that. I mean, some serious record highs. And Washington, state of Washington still in phase two. Crazy. Um, and so there are, Wall Street is booming and there's some glimmers of hope suggesting the worst of the downturn may already be over. If, if our downturn is already over, this is the fastest recession on record. Most notably, the Bureau of Labor Statistics shocked economists and investors on Friday by saying the United States added 2.5 million jobs in May. All right, let's dig in a little further. It was the largest monthly gain since the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, began tracking monthly figures in 1939. So that happened just after, not just after, but the Great, uh, Great Depression, which started in the crash of the stock market in 1929. You got 10 years of that. All right, let's start keeping track of job of jobs so we can figure out where we're at with the economy. That's what happened back then in 1939. So we added 2.5 million jobs in May. How much of that was just statistics? I don't know how it happened, but it's like, really? We added two and a half million jobs in May. Is that really true? Are businesses adding that many jobs back? That feels like a big, big number considering so many businesses are still struggling. Did we, you could point to, did the PPP help that? Did the PPP give the aid to small businesses that needed it? And now we added two and a half million jobs? Yeah, maybe. Um, but that feels funny. That feels, it doesn't feel what, quite right. We should still be losing jobs. And I, I think that's more likely what's happening. But you've got that stat out there. And so that's going to impact things. The spike in jobs was even larger relative to consensus calls from economists for another 8 million jobs to have disappeared in May. So economists were thinking, all right, we're going to lose 8 million jobs in May. And instead, we added 2.5 million. So you've got a gross there of 10.5 million jobs, supposed to lose eight, gain two and a half. What's going on? While the unemployment rate ticked down to 13.3% in May, it remains higher than at any point during the Great Recession. So we are higher now unemployment rate than we've ever been in the Great Recession. And that's, by, that's after adding two and a half million jobs in May. Wall Street has already covered most of its losses from this recession as investors bet on a V-shaped recovery. Now, something about the Wall Street is that people don't really know where else to put their money. Is real estate going to recover? I don't know. Sure feels like it is. Sure feels on, on my end of things, it really feels like it is. It feels like we are going gangbusters. But that's just me in Seattle. We're kind of isolated up here. Um, Weird market dynamics. We haven't had enough supply for years. So is Seattle an aberration? I don't know. I'm seeing reports coming out of San Francisco. Same thing there. But take out take out real estate from it entirely. Where else are you going to put your money in these really uncertain times? And you see that upward trend in the stock market. And, um, you know, people are dumping a lot of money in there because they don't really know what else to do because everybody's just kind of so confused. But hey, Let's put it in Wall Street. Let's see how this goes. All right. So the Standard & Poor 500 has surged more than 40% above its March 23 lows. Has that ever happened? 
I don't think so. 40% run in like, so you got March 23rd. So you got one week in March and then you've got April and May. So call it nine, nine, 10 weeks now. You're up 40%. What's going on? That's nuts. The NASDAQ, powered by large tech stocks such as Amazon and Facebook, is at all-time highs. That one I get. You've got so many tech companies that have, have benefited from this downturn because they're digital, they're online, they're still going. They're, they're just going gangbusters, especially Amazon. How many times did you use Amazon during this shutdown? Probably a lot. I did. I used it a bunch. Um, Facebook? Yeah, I used Facebook, but... I don't know, just everybody complaining about everything on Facebook. I, I can't really get behind it. It, it. it just annoys me, and so I tend to not use it as much. Um, the recovery on Main Street may not be as swift. Parts of the economy, including restaurants, movie theaters, airlines, and cruise lines, may not be the same until a vaccine is developed. Even then, even after a vaccine is developed, it's kind of like restaurants opening up here in the state of Washington, I think you needed a little pressure relief valve from all the protesting and, and that stuff happening. And so the government basically said, let's let people out of their homes and let's let them go do something. But you talk to restaurant owners, it's not great out there. Restaurant owners can't make a go at 50% capacity. They could barely make a go at 100% capacity when things are rolling. That's just the restaurant business. You've got super tiny, thin margins, and you got to do a lot of volume. So at 50% capacity, you got to have some massive um, concessions to that business model, mainly rent, because a lot of restaurants have really expensive rents. So you got to have landlords working with their business owners to make that go. Otherwise, you're going to lose all these restaurants at 50% capacity. That's what you are here in the state of Washington. But there's a lot of other businesses. How about retail at 15% capacity? That's what they can open up at. There's no way they can pay their rent. Just not happening. But you got the government going, yep, this is what we're going to do. It's like, all right. So these small businesses just have to figure out a way to struggle through this and kind of get to, to where we need to be. So Amazon and Facebook doing really well. The recovery on Main Street may not be as swift. Parts of the economy, that's what I'm talking about, not happening. And the risk of a second wave of infections that forces parts of the economy in the United States to go back into lockdown remains the biggest threat to the recovery. I don't know. I don't see people really being that concerned about that. Or is that just the media talking? Are most Americans concerned about a second you know, coming of the coronavirus? Maybe. Um, and with all the all the people running around on the streets, could that happen? Yeah, probably. But I'm not seeing I'm, I'm seeing an increase in numbers, but I'm not seeing this massive spike that I think people would have predicted people if, if we would have had the process happen two months ago, people would be absolutely freaked out. But I think we're at a point where we kind of look at the coronavirus and go, you know what, it's just doesn't have the impact we thought it would. It's probably okay to go out and do our thing. If you're wearing a mask, all right, that helps a little bit. Try and socially distance as much as you can. And so we're kind of accepting of that fact. I think that's what's gone, gone on. We're accepting that fact. So now I think we need to be accepting of the fact that the rest of life probably goes on as well. So are we in a recession? Yeah, absolutely. Statistically, we are. Are we coming out of it? Yeah, I think we are pretty quickly. Some businesses will come out way faster like Amazon and Facebook, they did really well. They've benefited from this downturn, and a lot of big businesses done the same. We've only had a, a couple of couple of businesses, you know, tank that are big, 
Um, but those companies also could float junk bonds. They float all kinds of you know, stuff that small businesses can't do. So this, this economic recovery, this recession is really different. You got to kind of look at the numbers and figure out where you sit to understand how this recession is going to impact you. So I'll keep covering the recession as we go here. But when you see the words recession, don't think, oh my gosh, this is a long term thing because it's not because we shut down the economy and now we're reopening it. It will have long term impacts and we have yet to see kind of how that goes, see what sectors of the economy are really impacted. So if you want to keep up to date what's going on, as soon as I see stuff that uh, reflects where we are with the recession, with the recession, with the uh, economy and that going on. That's what I'm covering here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast, because that's what impacts real estate. Thank you so much for tuning in. Love to have you subscribe on YouTube. I'd love to have you subscribe on the uh, podcast platforms. Again, I'm Sean Reynolds from Summit Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Klein Appraisal. We'll catch you in the next one. Again, thanks for tuning in. Much appreciated. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.